We have, uh, last week, gave you a testimony because uh, what you may forget or not know, the different needs is no way for you to know that people are going through and they're worshiping with us right now. Um, challenges that are there. I tell our worship team and the ministers every Sunday morning, just give it your best. Uh, I tell them, don't stay out late Saturday night and come dragging in here tired and you're going to try to minister on this stage. God needs 100% of everything you got on Sunday morning because you just never know. Yolanda's with us. That's you. And this pretty girl here, that would be Jessica. And there's one more hiding in the gallery. That would be Natalie. Is that right? Natalie is over here. So give me some light, somebody. I want you to be able to see. Thank you. I can't see you, and I want to see you. Remember that, guys. Stand up. She teaches fourth grade. She barely looks like a fourth grader. <laughs> so she's young. What, what school did you graduate from? Southeastern University. Go fire, right? You, you went to, uh, thank you, Natalie. You went to Southeastern, too. I did. But then you went where? A little small school in uh, Gainesville, Florida, called South uh, University of Florida. University of Florida, and you are uh, <laughs> Delta. You would understand this. You you're a physician's. Uh, uh, you're a PA. Yes, that is right? correct. That's a pretty good degree. That's right next door to the to the doctoral degree, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And so a PA that means you could cut and stitch anytime you wanted to. Absolutely. You? Stitch stitch somebody up, and it'll bother you when you have to stitch somebody up, and is that? How, how long have you been married now? Uh, eight months. Eight months. Eight months so yes. you're, a, you're a newlywed. I Give am. up for the newlyweds, everybody. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Your mother, 2010. 2010 was a, a transitional, confrontational year for you. You found out some uh, very disturbing news in 2010, which six years ago. That's amazing. What? Tell me the story. Well, Pastor, I found out in 2010 that my kidneys were gone as a result of giving birth each time I developed high blood pressure and eventually I uh, was going to need a kidney transplant and was put on dialysis. So you were put on dialysis in 2010. Yes. At the same time, your husband was uh, struggling for a job. Yes. Colin had lost uh, jobs, uh, uh, several of them, and so financially we were in great straits. We lost our home. Uh, we lost our cars. Uh, but Colin the head of the home, never lost his faith. And uh, he surely was a man of God. So he stood strong, and uh, you guys, uh, he uh, finally landed a job with American Airlines. Yes, he landed a job with American Airlines, and that was in New York, but his transfer was delayed. So the girls and I were here, but Colin, as a benefit of American Airlines, could fly, all of us. So he would come back and forth for four years uh, seeing us, uh, but we would understand later why God allowed the delay. So you, 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 you girls moved to, to Lakeland. Right. You guys went to Southeastern. And uh, so he was coming back in two when he landed that job. You were, you were doing the dialysis. Yes. And then you came to the real. So, so losing your house, losing your home, losing your vehicles, losing everything. I mean, it's just unfortunate. 
Uh, and then he's flying in and out, and you're doing the dialysis. But then when you do dialysis, my father uh, did dialysis and had a kidney transplant. You found out you needed to be put on a list in order to get a kidney transplant. That is correct. And I really was also encouraged to look within the family to see whether or not there was a match. And I was a hesitant about that, but the Holy Spirit nudged me. And in God's faithfulness, Jessica and Colin were both uh, tested. Natalie was too young, and so she could not be tested. And to my surprise, the nurses called back and said, this is highly unusual, but both your husband and daughter are matches, and it is your choice. They say it's unusual. I say it's a miracle from God. Well, so he was no, he's no blood kin to you. No. And yet he matched. Absolutely. That's, Ladies, that's a miracle. ask God to give you your husband because he knows all things. Well, you never know when you're going to need a kidney, ladies. I mean, my <laughs> Lord. You, your girls listen to that, okay? So, so uh, you matched and your father matched and finally you had, uh, what year did you have the, you had the kidney transplant? I had the kidney transplant in November of 2010, but there was another curve. Collins Insurance through American Airlines was going to be changing in two months. And there was no guarantee that if the surgery didn't happen that they were gonna cover it the next year. But once again, God did a miracle, and I was approved for that kidney transplant November 23rd, 2010. Praise the Lord. It's pretty good, isn't it? So uh, you're doing the dialysis. Finally, uh, he's able to uh, make the journey here. And uh, the love missions. Your, yes. your, your father's a pastor. Yes. Your whole family. Mother, brother. You're, come the, from you're a the baby of six kids, right? Yes, but dad, I had five older brothers, but dad is a, a vet, and uh, he led that home. So I, I was not spoiled too much. <laughs> so in other words, he was in the military. Yes, he was. Did he ever make you do push-ups? Oh, no. No. Since I was the last, I, I did get some you special were the baby. treatment. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The girl and the baby. Great right. day in the morning. <laughs> So, you got the transplant. You're trying to gain some ground financially. Yes. Uh, because you lost everything. You got a kidney transplant. That's that's pretty good load. But then something else happened. What what was that? In 2014, Jessica and my husband Colin went on a missions trip to Haiti, and I received a call and a visit from a very, very dear friend here at Victory. And that message was that Colin had accidentally drowned while he was on the missions trip. Jessica attempted to do her part, and I'll let her explain from that point. You, you were there. You watched that take place. I was. I was. Um, it was the day before we were getting ready to come back uh, home, and we went to the beach. Um, and my dad went out, and after a time of being underneath the water, um, one of the Haitian leaders went down and, and picked him up, and um, he, was, he was gone. Um, we tried to resuscitate him for about 30 minutes until the, the, um, 
the Haitian individuals and some of the other medical professionals around kind of called it, and um, he went home to be with the Lord that day. And you, you said it was the water was calm, there was no Absolutely. rough weather. And he no. could swim, and, and, and so we're not exactly sure what, what happened. The Lord took him. So, you, well, we believe that. <laughs> the, Lord, you, the Lord took him, but he left something behind, didn't he? Yes, he did. He left a kidney. He left a kidney. <laughs> and that kidney's name is Gracie. And Gracie <laughs> is doing wonderful, functioning as perfectly as a normal kidney can. Once again, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he have redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So on, uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday night, Sunday, Sunday night, evening. on a Sunday evening, this would have been how many days before? Five uh, days before Colin passed away. Right. I was sitting in evening service, and the Spirit came upon me and said that I needed to speak in tongues. And it was just an urgency for me to do that. And I finally did obey the Lord. And when I obeyed, Pastor Blackburn interpreted that speaking in tongues. And he has that interpretation. So uh, we, we believe in a prayer language that individuals can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is separate from the fruit of the Spirit, which is what you get when you get saved. You get love, joy, peace, and it's supposed to be manifested, and we pray that it is. But there's another that uh, the Apostle Paul mentions uh, and talks about uh, in Scripture in the book of Acts, and be endued with power, etc., uh, we believe that. And then the gifts of the Spirit, one of those is being able to, to uh, and, and that doesn't happen often, but it happened in that Sunday night. Uh, and you, you gave a message uh, in tongues, and I interpreted, but we didn't know what would happen five days later, did right. we? So knowing your story, this is what, uh, this is what it was, the interpretation. For anything that may have happened, I could have stopped. Anything that could have happened or should have happened, I could have made happen. So be faithful and listen to my words. Let the end of your story be faithful to the end. We didn't know the magnitude of that interpretation That's right, Pastor. until five days later. And then he came to the realization, so here you are. You have the kidney. Uh, you're trying to rebuild. He is accidentally drowning. And something else happened. Now, you've been faithful. You guys were faithful. And whatever it was that you had in your hands, you gave it to God. You were faithful to church. Your daughter's faithful to school, faithful to Jesus. You, you, you only know faithfulness. But after he died, you came to a realization of one more little thing you didn't know. One more little thing I didn't know. Kidney transplant operation was fully covered by Collins Insurances. But the medications are extremely expensive for anti-rejection. And without his salary, I said, Lord, there's no way. But God said, there is a way. And what I didn't know is that Colin had taken out an accidental life insurance policy. 
Investigators were sent to Haitian to Haiti to make sure there was no foul play. He obviously was in perfect health because he had given me my kidney. It took five months, but in five months, there was an accidental life insurance policy that was released. So everything that the canker worms and the locusts stole, the Lord restored 100, 200,000 fold back to us. We were now able to build our own home and are now living in a new home. Be faithful to God because God will take care of you. Thank you, Yolan. Yes, come. Natalie, God bless you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful. You can't make that stuff up. Who knows who might be in the room right now facing a challenge that you have no idea. Listen, friend, every time this word is delivered, it's for you. God has something to say. And I, my prayer is that God will speak in this financial series. This is a very practical message. Uh, just want to be faithful to it. Uh, becoming financially fit. I'll speak tonight a message uh, that relates to uh, contentment. But here we go. In Deuteronomy uh, 8, 18 uh, is uh, always remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I talked to you last week about most people live their lives in the way of a gambler. We, uh, some of you out there have not learned the financial principle yet of even tithing, and you're doing pretty well. But I want to ask you this. Look around your life, look around your immediate family, and take a look at maybe some people or some issues or some things in your family, and let me ask you this question. Would that have happened had you been being faithful to God? I'm talking to a husband, I'm talking to a wife, and I'm talking to families, the Bible says if you are faithful to God, God will in fact provide, as it relates to that story, right there. Anytime you deviate, some play, hey, I'm, I work hard, and you, you live your life throwing the dice. I threw those dice the first service about eight times. I never got the same thing on each dice until just now. Wow, amazing. Well, you throw the dice like that and say, okay, and there's it again. Whatever that is, snake eyes or whatever, I guess, but it's twice, Lord. Whew, whew, breathe on it. <laughs> I just see it. But the point is, when you believe that, hey, it's me, I worked hard, and I got a great job, and I played it smart, and you think you're the reason why you got it, you're throwing the dice. You think, okay, I've been frugal and I have, um, I've done some things that the reason we live as comfortable as we live, you throw in the dice. You know why? Because one day the ultimate judge is going to come and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, is going to stand there and say, you threw the dice, but you really never gave me the credit. You never proved me. You never tested me. You never completely followed the precepts that I taught you and I let you make it, but today is the end of the line. You're going to be judged by your works. 
And let me share with you, you sent nothing. As I judge you by works. Or you think I just want to pull the lever on the good old boy over here. Just pull that lever and hopefully I come up with something or play the lottery. I'm going to blow lottery out of the water, by the way. So if you play, feel convicted, <laughs> not condemned. I'm going to give you scripture to back it or you throw the dice. So I'm going to get going here for just a few minutes. I talked about that last week. Last week. Some of you may say, and you may pray, God, I need a financial miracle. And you know what God is saying? Why should I give you a financial miracle? When I've given you the word and I've given you the line and the pastor's preached about it, you've read about it, and you know it, and you don't follow the guidelines. What if, in fact, your land had said, okay, God, we're in a tight place and I'm having a kidney transplant. We don't have a job. You know what they did? They remained faithful in their tithe and their church. And what little bit they got, even in the offerings they got, they gave it first to Almighty God. We're going to talk about Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Number one, if you're taking notes, the notes are in your bulletin. Remember, God is my source. Say that with me. Remember, God is my source. That's an absolute starting point. It's not my salary. It's not the economy. It's not my health. It's not my savings. It's not waiting till my in-laws die or waiting till my parents to die to get maybe an inheritance. God is our source. In other words, the only thing that really is your security has to be Almighty God. You may get by for a while thinking that you are the reason that you have been blessed, but God is the one who supplies it because He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He's the only thing that is going to stand. If you've ever lost a job, you know what that means. If you've ever lost a mate, you know what that means. If you've ever been healthy and then not healthy, you know how that feels. Let me say it again, Deuteronomy 8, 18. Always remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. The word produce means that a seed is planted by the grace of God on a foundation that you and I remember we came nothing in with the world came with nothing into the world, and we're going to leave with nothing. And everything in between, God said, the reason you have what you have, any asset, your children, is because of me. God gives you the ability. We know that in society, there are those that are wealth makers and those that are wealth takers. We know there are those that are wealth producers and those that are wealth users. Those that are wealth contributors and those that are wealth consumers, then the economy gets turned upside down is because there are more consumers there and there are contributors. And I can tell you that 50% of Americans were taking in the recent download of our economy, 50% of Americans plus were taking more out of the economy than what was coming in. And so we believe in American capitalism. And let me give you a definition, if you don't mind. Capitalism is what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. That's my dollar. I made it. That's capitalism. America lives off capitalism. Communism is what's yours is mine, and I can take it. And then Christianity is what's mine is God's, and I am willing to share it. So we take capitalism in America, and we say, God, anything I made, that's yours, and I am willing to share it. In a capital-driven market, you have the manifestation of what happened during the Great Recession. 
You know, the banks turned upside down, and you know what happened? It was revealed that the top of the elite in many of those companies, the salaries in the upper range was in multiplied hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases, and those individuals were the fat cats taking all the money and not returning back anything into the margins, and that's why we turned upside down. And people, of course, trusted that, but we found out the old phrase, you can take it to the bank, is not true because many people did and lost it all. Number two, I want God's blessing on my finances. I must make money honestly. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I make money honestly. Well, let me talk about that. You see, Proverbs 15, 27, if you have your notes, dishonest, dishonest money brings grief to the whole family. Well, I don't rob any banks or anything of that nature. Well, you don't have to, but you know what's another way that you're robbing is, is maybe you're not giving a full day's work to your employer. Maybe he doesn't know that you show up when you want to, when you're supposed to be here at 8 o'clock, so you show up at 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. He doesn't know when you leave. You're supposed to leave at 5 or whatever the case, and you might leave at 4.30. He doesn't know it. You might say, I'm supposed to take an hour for lunch, and you take an hour and a half. You know what you're doing? That's dishonest income. I'll say amen myself. Amen. <laughs> Not giving a full day's work. You pad your expense account. You pad the expense account. That's dishonest. What do you do when you do that? You bring grief to your entire family. It hurts them, and God says, hey, my word will not lie. Proverbs 16, 11, the Lord demands fairness in every business deal. He sets the standard. What's that mean? Yeah, let's say you're selling a car, and you're selling that car, and there's a reason you're selling it. I can tell you why I'm selling it because I want enough. But just maybe the engine's not real good. And they come out, and you got that baby shined up. She's looking good. You got lard and oil in the engine so that the thing won't sound off, and you sell it to them. You sell it to them. And what you say is, they don't ask about it, I'm not telling. That's dishonest. Somebody say amen. I'll say amen, amen. I'm going to be amen at a lot, me and the one-armed bandit right here. That's dishonest. Proverbs 28, 8, if you make money by charging high interest rates, you will lose it all to someone who cares for the poor. Nothing wrong with making interest. Nothing wrong. You see, you had the five talents, the two talents, and the one talent last week. The five talent returned 100%. That's pretty good interest return. The two talent returned 100%. That's pretty good interest. What, what about the guy who had the one? He bared it. He didn't make anything. You know what the master said? Why didn't you put it in the bank so it could earn something instead of nothing? When that scripture is talking about usury, it's mean when you know somebody is in trouble, and they need to borrow money, and you loan them money, and you loan them money to the degree you say, well, I know you can borrow money probably 4 or 5%, but if you want to borrow from me, here's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to charge you 20%. How bad do you want it? There are some people in enough financial trouble, they're willing to try to pay 20%. That's usury, and it's wrong for a Christian to do that. It's when long sharks prey on people who are down and out. I know you're taking copious notes. I feel it right up here. Proverbs 13, 11, get ready for an ups, right punch. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes. Mm -hmm. 
wealth from quick, rich, quick, let me get it right, wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. Here it is. But wealth from hard work grows. You think God made a mistake when he breathed that? Get rich quick. Oh, have you heard it before? He said, hey, understand, you don't lose. Here's something Warren Buffett said. Here's the law of finance, who's one of the wealthiest men in the world, if not the. He said, let me give you a law. Don't lose what you've already made. Listen, young people. You take $50,000. Well, you young people, you take $150. (laughs) Well, let me me make it real. You take $10,000, and you go out and you, you invest it well, and you get a return, and let's say you make $1,000. You know what he's saying? Next time you invest, don't risk the principal amount of your corpus. All right? You can risk the interest because like throwing the dice, when you make investments, some pay and some don't. But he said, you function from there. Be careful because here's what happens. There are no winners in Vegas. You with me? The winners. How do you earn your income? By hard work and work hard. He says that. Get rich. And the Bible warns that over and over again. What do you do if you want to invest? Somebody says, I don't have to worry about this message. I don't have anything to invest. Well, if you do, here it is. Stick with what you know when you're investing. Stick with what you know. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, there's a racehorse coming up, buddy. I was just in Kentucky. This horse's daddy, this horse's daddy has one twice the Kentucky Derby. And I want to tell you, you put $5,000 into that horse, you're going to win it. And it's a year before the race ever started. Well, how do you know? Hey, look at the pedigree here. This is a winner. You say, I don't understand about horses. I don't understand anything about gambling and horse races. You know, hold your money. He said, keep it there. Number two, never make investments on emotion. Women, don't go shopping when you're emotionally upset. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't go to Bass Pro when you're angry. Don't go. Don't go. Never risk barred money. That's what he's saying. In other words, don't, don't take, if you say, you got my life savings, I'm fixing up. I'm going to throw it out there, buddy, because I'm, I'm getting to the end here, and I need that money, and I'm going to take it. Don't do it. The Bible's against that. Always test the idea with other people. Hey, what do you think? I've got a, somebody told me about a horse, you know, said it's going to win. I'm going to give my, I only got $5,000. I'm going to give What do you think about that? You know what I'm going to tell you? You're a nutcase. Do you want to lose the money? And then here's another. Doubt the guy who already, who always has the big deal. I got a big deal for you. I know on the other deal, my ship, my ship's coming in. It's coming in. This is a big load. My ship's coming in. And, 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 and I want you to get into the, into the you know what? This, their ship never comes in. And their deal and their ship gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like all the voicemails that you get. How many have marketers call you with just, you don't want to call you and want to sell you something? Come on, help me out. Boy, they call you and want to sell you something. Last Monday morning, I was feeling frisky. The phone rang. 
I had the morning off, sharing drinking coffee. She said, don't answer it. I said, nah. I don't know who the number is. I don't usually answer on my cell phone with numbers. I don't know who the name is, et cetera, et cetera. And I answered it. She said, this is, uh, this is, um, this is the American Health Organization, and I'd like to talk to you for a few moments about your health care plan. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who did you say you were? She paused because it threw off script. She said, the American Health Organization. I said, is that right? I said, did I call you? She said, uh, no, you didn't call me, but I was calling you and people in your neighborhood. I said, well, ma'am, if, if I didn't call you, I don't want to talk to you. I, I don't want to talk to you. I just don't. There are other ways they call. I answer. This is America now. Do you love me? Yes, Mr. Matt. Do you love me? You only have to say it four or five times. You go click. You don't have to put up with that. Proverbs 21 5. <laughs> And if they answer back, yes, hang up on them, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 21.5, there it is. Steady plotting brings prosperity. Hasty speculation brings what? Poverty. Are with me? It brings poverty. How, how about that? You just, there is God's way. And that is the way. The scripture means if you make your financial decisions, make the major purchases slowly. Hey, listen, if you don't need furniture, don't go to the furniture store. If you don't need anything and you're on a tight budget, don't go to Bass Pro. I'm just looking. You will buy. Because it's too easy to make the purchase for stuff that you don't really need to have money you don't really have to spend. Number three, honor God first. Honor God first. How many of you know what this one is going to talk about? Tithe. Whatever I want God to bless. Whatever I want God to bless. I put him first. If I want God to bless my marriage, put him first. Bless my business, put him first. Bless my home, put him first. Bless my kids, put him first. Bless my quiet time, put him first. Because he has allowed you to be able to earn, according to our initial scripture, tithe is the first 10% that I give back to God. So let's take a look. Proverbs 3, honor the Lord by giving him the first part, and he will fill your barns to overflowing. I have had those say, that's not in the New Testament. Oh, let's just rip the New Testament out, okay, apart. It's in the Old Testament. Last time I checked, this said, holy Bible. And it does move over and Paul takes it into the New Testament, Deuteronomy 14. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. 
Do you listen? You know what I really believe? Some of you have more problems that you should have never had because you've never learned this principle. You just haven't learned it. You just haven't learned it, and you can't explain it away. God, I want to thank you for what you've done for me in the past, what you're doing for me in the present, and I want to thank you for what you're doing. Where do I tithe? To the United Way? Nope. To the son who's in financial trouble? Nope. Why? That's charity. That's charity. You tithe to where you worship. That is an act of worship because that's what tithing is. Malachi 3, it's a miracle. Malachi 3.10 showed up in my notes. Bring to my storehouse. That's the what? A full tenth of what you earn. Test me in this, says Donald Trump. No. He ain't that smart. It's the Lord who says, test me. Test me in this. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out what? Read it together. All the blessings you need. You think Yolan understood that? She practiced it but didn't understand it. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16 on the first day of every week, put it aside, that's today, the Lord's day. Put aside some of what you've earned during the week, use it for the offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. Here's another, save money wisely. How many think that it is wise to save money? May I see your hand? It's good. I didn't ask how many save money. I asked how many of you thought it was wise. If you, God's blessing on your finance you want to get out of debt, you must save money wisely because God is your source. You make money honestly. You put God first. And many people today go into retirement flat broke. The baby boomers are the, are the, is the generation going into retirement with more broke than any other generation to now. John Rockefeller said it's the 10 10 80. 10% tithe, 10% saved, 80% of what you earn. Proverbs 21, 20, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And let me tell you what that means. It means when people get a pay raise, they raise their standard of living. Well, we got a raise now, we can go buy this. And never take a look at the savings and never remember. You know what the average Japanese family saves annually? 25% of their income. The average European saves 15% of their income. You know about the Americans? We good old Americans. Good old Americans spend 1% more than we actually make. That's irresponsibility. Proverbs 24, 27 says, develop your business first before building your house. That means that you're building your investment, you're building your business. If you're building a business, you're building your asset, you're building. Don't go out and say, we're going to remodel the house and you're trying to build a business. I'm telling you, you're going to be in trouble. 
Said, well, we got a little bit of money now, and we're going to do all these things. Take a look to be sure you got the savings there. Often when people get raises, they raise that, in, that standard of living. Ecclesiastes 11.2 gives some good advice. He says, whatever you do, invest it in several places, several options. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. Why? Here's what Proverbs 13.11 says. Money that comes easily disappears quickly, but money that is gathered little by little will grow. Be careful that you don't. Let me just tell you, standard rule, don't loan your relatives any money that you won't back. Well, I don't agree with that. You don't have to agree with it. It's right there in the scripture. If you're going to give them money, your best opportunity is just give it. You know what happens? They're going to have it a year, and they're never going to mention a payback. They're going to shun you at family reunion. Well, I gave it to them without even any interest. You know what that means? You ain't going to get the interest either. <laughs> Enough said. Keep good records. That's number five, Proverbs 21.5. Plan carefully, and you'll have plenty so that it's important. Proverbs 27, 23, riches can disappear fast, so watch your business interest closely. Know the state of your flocks and herds. Do you, know what, do you know what that means? In the days they did not have banks during that day, but they had cattle, they had herds of sheep. And you know how you knew how a person was wealthy? By the number of cattle and sheep that they had. But look at that, man. In keeping your records, here are four things. Remember them. Keep records on what you own, what you owe, what you earn, and where it's going. A lot of people close their eyes and hope a miracle takes place. My sister dated a guy one time who was an evangelist. He was not a good evangelist. He told my dad one time, my dad was very practical. He said, look here, my Lord. Yesterday or last night, I don't know when it was, God multiplied some money in my wallet. I have three new $100 bills in there. Do I think God could do that? Sure. Three brand new $100 bills in my wallet, but I'm just checking now. How many of you have ever had God do that? Three in your wallet? Nope. No, for all you people online, grin and bear it. Nope. Proverbs 23, 5, your money can be gone in a flash as if it had grown wings and flown away like an eagle. What happened to that money? What happened to that? Has any of you ever said that? What happened to that money? I, j I just gave you $50. What happened to it? It flew. It left. Plan your spending. People call budget. Budget, Proverbs 21.20. This is what it says. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. You get it, it's gone. Or if you're a kid, you can't find it. 
We had a birthday party for my grandson, Benjamin. He turned 18. So we had a little birthday party. His gram always takes care of him. And then Sydney Isabella, who's our youngest granddaughter, she had a birthday party with eight little blonde-haired girls, or ten of them, and one little brunette. I thought it was Fox News for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just came straight from Jesus right there. <laughs> Here's a good investment. It's that rub on tan lotion, okay? Invest in that, friend. It ain't going away. Go to the grocery store. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Where did it go? Go to the grocery stores. Sharon gave me a list the other day. Had maybe six items on it. Do you mind stopping by the store and getting the six items? <laughs> she figured it'd take me an hour. Just run in there and get it. I, I, I don't know where the Band-Aids are. I don't know where the toothpaste is at. I know where the bakery's at. But <laughs> so I thought, well, if I don't know where the milk is, I don't, I don't know where, I'm just going row by row. And I had her six items on the list, and I thought, here you go, I'm looking. But then I ran, and I ran into those two-for-one deals. <laughs> I thought, Jesus is in the house. They're the Cheez-Its. The cheeses, cheddar cheeses, two for one. Let me see, that's not on the list, but let me tell you, two for one, in the buggy. I got ready to go, and I thought I had six items. I looked 10, 10 items or less. Thought, well, that's, that's not me. I thought, let me count how many items. I just stopped counting at 20. I said, well, here it is 20 or less. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead into that list. I mean, it was not super, super busy at that moment. And I, I, I'm just confessing, okay? You know what? When I was coming up, you, you knew how to count out. Somebody gave you a $20 bill, and the bill was $18.83. You didn't need the cash register. Matter of fact, it didn't tell you how much change to give them. Y'all remember? You actually had to calculate it in your head and say, this is how much change you get back. Eight, what did I say, 1883? What did I say, 1883, and I give a $20 bill? All right, 83, 84, 85, and here's your 15 cents. All right, and here's a dollar bill. Thank you. But you go to the store today, it tells you how much to give them back. Here's what I figured. If they don't know how to give change back, she probably doesn't know how to count either. So she won't know that I got 20-something items here and 10 with the two-for-ones in there. And sure enough, she didn't. I said, hallelujah, must be God. I went, I went right on through. And here's another area. Don't do that. Go to Sam's. You don't need 100 pounds of rice just because it's on sale. It's the worst place in the world to go. 100 pounds of rice. Yeah, it was a good deal. You know, 10 gallons of jalapeno peppers. 
You, you don't need that. Oh, it's a good deal. You know? Wow, it's an amazing, amazing thing. You don't need five gallons of shampoo. How many people you got in the house? Five gallons of shampoo, but it's easy to do. Here it is. Good planning, Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts. I'll make a quick buck here. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Set up a repayment plan. If you owe, pay it. Let me say it again. If you owe, pay it. You promise somebody, pay it. You heard Gary talk last week when he said, my hospital bills were astronomical into almost a million dollars. He said, I called the doctors and I called the hospital. And he said, I don't have that kind of money. But I'm going to send you $10 a week, $10 a month. In other words, I'm going to start paying you back. That's a, that's a payment plan. So Proverbs 3.27, don't withhold repayment of your debts. That's in the Bible. Romans 13.8, let no debt remain outstanding. What does that mean? Is you owe somebody something, you're not making your payments, and you don't call them up and say, hey, I've hit a hard time. That way you don't have to run from them when you see them. That way you don't create an opportunity for them to despise you. That way you've set up a payment plan. Number eight, commit it all to God. Go ahead and stand to your feet, okay? I'll wrap it up right here, right now. Somebody say amen. amen. Said amen more loudly on that one than any other time during the message. Here's the answer. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your work to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord. And then your plans will succeed. At the end of the day, you know who rules? He does. Do I think you might make it? I'm sure you'll make it. When you get to heaven, you won't. You don't want to live your life that way. Some of you give online. God bless you. Thank you. But teach your kids to watch you when you give online. Teach them biblical principles when they're young. My grandkids, my kids know. If I see them, you give them a gift. Somebody said, you don't, you don't tell them when you give them a gift to tithe. I don't. They already know it. I've told them so much. You're going to give. I gave somebody a birthday gift the other day. Then I gave them enough money to pay their tithe for them. I gave little boy a buck for her birthday. And then I gave her 11 cents. 10 cents on the buck and one pen on the dime. So she paid the tithe. Especially you believe in that stuff. If you listen, it will change your world. And I have never drilled this down deeply. You don't know what you've missed. And you don't know the trouble that you could have avoided had you just done it God's way. He rules. Debt is a symptom of a larger problem. We often say, and I talk about contentment tonight and happiness. 
I'd be more happy if I had this. I'd be more happy. You see, friend, happiness is an absolute choice. You can count the reasons why you should not be happy and give yourself permission to be miserable, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength and happiness is a choice. And if you're not happy now, listen, please care. If you're not happy now, unless you make up your mind, you won't be happy five years from now. No matter what happens, you won't be happy 10 years from now. You'll be the same old misery-driven person you are right now unless you let God do a work in and through you by making a good positive decision. So as Ecclesiastes 5, if God gives us wealth and property and he lets us enjoy them, we should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. It is a gift from God. You believe that? So let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this privilege. Thank you for your wisdom. And there may be those in this room right now are listening online that's miserable. They've been stubborn. They haven't paid attention. They're arrogant. And God, they've done okay. They've done all right. But the bottom line is this. There is a day of judgment that's coming. But Lord, why should we say, Lord, Lord, and say that we love you? And we simply cannot follow your principles. The principles of business, the principle of finance, the principle of saving, the principle of all of those principles. They're all in the Bible. We can live a better life. I pray you'd guide us and minister in us and through us. And I pray for those that are here this morning that find out there's, there's sin in their heart and they're not on target. God, the individuals here who've taken the tithe that goes to the worship where they worship and put it in another ministry that's not pleasing to you, Jesus, because it says go where they get spiritually fed. That's the Bible. In Jesus' name, just in case, would you repeat this prayer after me, everybody? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I have been bitter. I've been, bitter. I've been resentful. I've been resentful. I, have sinned. I have sinned. I have misbehaved. misbehaved. I have gossiped. I have gossiped. I've let my temper get loose. Temper get but, this morning, but this morning, I'm asking for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. Purify my heart. Purify my, heart. Purify my, mind, Purify my mind. And give me wisdom, give me wisdom. in everything that, I do. everything that I do. You are my Lord, are my Lord. and I will, not let you down. I will not let you down. I will trust you, will trust from, you. This day forward, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. amen. If you need prayer, we're going to sing this song. If you prayed that prayer and you said, my life's not right with Jesus, here's God's plan. Come on down. You know, just say, hey, just letting you know, Jesus, I'm not ashamed of you. Or maybe you would need to stand in for somebody on their finances. Or just maybe you have been an enabler for somebody not to trust God. Listen, friend, you can't meet the need of everybody you know when God may be letting them walk through a testing period that you need to step back and let it happen. Or maybe there's somebody you know that's financially challenged that God speaks to you and says, help them. It works both ways. Whatever you need, you come right now. Sick, come on down, and we'll get a benediction in just a moment. Here we go. <laughs>